What is going on you guys and welcome back to the channel. If it is your first time here, my name is Brandon. As always, we do have our investing academy. It's that first link down below if you're looking for courses and training right here in Canada. But today we're going over two stocks to buy in March slash April of 2021. We're going to be following the exact same format that we did in our last video where I cover a stock, Mark will cover a stock, and then we'd like to hear from you guys which one you like better. Very mixed opinion on the last video. I feel like a lot more people sided with his pick with the pick Costco, and hey, it is what it is. I, I'm not too hurt about that, but we'll see what you guys think in this video. Give this one a big thumbs up if you enjoy. Let's not waste any time because my pick for today is the company Alibaba, ticker B-A-B-A. -A. And this is a great choice, in my opinion, for foreign exposure if you're here as a Canadian investor. This stock does trade on the New York Stock Exchange. The shares are down about 25% off their all-time highs. So like many tech companies, this one has taken a hit. But as of filming this video today, Morningstar discounts the stock by about 22%. They feel the company is undervalued. In this segment, I'll go on to share with you why I also believe that is the case. And we can get our hands on a very, very powerful growth company. Actually, one of the largest companies in the world for not a bad price at all today. So if I want to pop up a quick page just to share with you guys the size, just to get some perspective. Alibaba here in the e-commerce sector does come in as the second largest company. It's still nowhere close to Amazon in size, sitting at $1.5 trillion as their market cap. But Alibaba is a clear runner-up, a clear second. But in the Chinese market, they absolutely dominate. They are a clear front runner and they are growing. For a brief overview of the company, for anybody not entirely familiar, Alibaba is primarily an e-commerce company. They operate under segments such as Alibaba, AliExpress, uh, very apparent here in North America, Tmall, just to name a few. They are also involved in the cloud space, which we'll talk about in a second, and areas such as logistics. If we were to look at this six month, this is what we call an interim report, basically a six month report that the company files. We see overall revenue has increased by 32% on a year over year basis. You will note RMB is the Chinese currency. Luckily, we do have the US over here in brackets as well. With this report, however, what I'd like to really look at, I have highlighted here at the bottom, is the breakdown of revenue, how this company makes its money. And you'll note that 86% of revenue, which over a six month period is coming at $38.9 billion. This is the US dollars here. This is their core commerce. We can think of this as the Taobao, the Tmall, the big e-commerce platforms. This is clearly the main driver of the company. In fact, it's up 32% year over year, which is pretty phenomenal for a big uh, company of this size. But I do have highlighted the cloud computing space. $4 billion pulled in in revenue through half the year. This represents just shy of 10% of revenues. This cloud computing space was up 60% year over year. In fact, a promising sign actually, this is an article as of February, 2021. So very, very recently, Alibaba Cloud has finally turned profitable in this segment and there still could be a lot of growth in store. In fact, I actually found a chart here that I find quite interesting. This is the overall cloud market. Clearly we know we have Amazon, AWS, and Azure. They dominate the market, but creeping up into that top three, actually getting close to challenging Google Cloud for that third spot is Alibaba Cloud. This represents about 6% of the overall market. And as we can see here in fiscal year 2020, this is a $129 billion space. And when it comes to Alibaba, this is an area of their business. It's a segment that often gets overlooked. In fact, a lot of investors, when you tell them, oh, they're a huge player in the cloud space, they don't even know that. They 
they think to the retail sales or the online sales, they think to the e-commerce business, which is again, the driving force, but this cloud segment has been growing. And the need for cloud computing, the need for cloud storage is only going to get bigger and bigger with time. On a personal level, we're obviously storing more things in the cloud each and every day. Things are just transitioning that way, but also from a business level. And you look at how successful companies like Amazon with their AWS, Amazon Web Services, this is a huge driver of growth. Now, it's not to compare them apples to apples, but one thing that I think is very promising with uh, Alibaba is this has been growing. In fact, I actually dug up an old video of mine, which I'll pop up on the screen here, or I'll put a little tab there. This goes back a couple of years when I was covering Alibaba stock. Their cloud segment only represented about 4%. And back then I was saying this was a, a big opportunity. So we're literally seeing it under our eyes or beneath our eyes or right in front of our eyes, we're seeing this growth happening. They've already doubled that growth in terms of their overall uh, revenue breakdown. And I'd like to see that going for, I'd like to see that being the case going forward. When we take a look at some of the growth numbers, which I'll pop up on the screen for you guys, I think you'll start to get a very clear picture of what I see in the company, why I'm quite excited for it and why I think this is one to consider for a long-term hold because uh, do note, first of all, these are in Chinese currency. So you'll note the little CNY millions that's uh, what this entire report is represented in, but we still get a very clear picture. Taking a look, for example, at revenue growth, over the past decade, they've grown from $6.4 billion Chinese or RMB, Chinese currency. Take a look at some of these growth numbers over the past decade. We've seen this climb to 20 billion, 34 billion, 52 billion, 76 billion, 100 billion. Fast forward to 2020, uh, 2020 $509 billion, again, Chinese currency but this is over a decade long scale. Now, what's important to me about this company as well is if we take a look down to the net income, this is a company that is not only very profitable, but they've been profitable for quite some time. Over the same time period, they've grown net income from 1.7 billion Chinese currency to 140, 159 billion dollars in the trailing 12 months. Just FYI, if we do convert that over to US dollars, that's about 23 billion dollars USD that this company is pulling in bottom line uh, each and every year. And when the markets do get choppy, which we've kind of been seeing over the past couple of weeks and months, in particular in certain areas, it's very important when a stock is down 20, 30% to be able to look at the numbers like this and see, well, is this company, has it proven anything yet? Is this company actually earning money? Or did I just buy this stock because some YouTuber covered it and it's super exciting and it's all hyped up and this company is not even earning any money yet? When you look at a company like Alibaba and you take a look, take a look at this earnings per share growth from 34 cents per share to $57.52. Free cash flow I've highlighted here. Phenomenal growth trends. These are the things you need to look for when it comes to a growth company that's actually proven that they can do it. In terms of the valuation on this company, today we're looking at a PE of 25, which for a technology company, for a growth company, I think that's very, very, very attractive. In fact, if you actually compare it against its peers, here we look at companies like Tencent, JD, we do have Amazon listed as well. You see a forward PE using fiscal 2020 numbers below 20. So a 19 times forward price to earnings ratio. These are the types of things that you like to see when you're looking for a good quality growth company to add to your portfolio. You don't just want to look at what stock's doing the best. You want to look at companies that are actually performing very, very, very well. And I believe uh, Alibaba does tick those categories off 
Of course, there are downsides and there's actually a lot of things that do tend to hold this stock back. Could be potentially why the stocks have sold off. In general, there is a lot of, uh, overall, there's just a lot of negativity. The sentiment is very negative when it comes to Chinese companies. You have always this talk about them being delisted. You have the regulators, you have the government always cracking down on these big companies. They had to obviously suspend their big and exciting announcement of the Ant IPO. Founder of the company, Jack Ma, goes missing for a little while. It's like, come on. There's definitely a fair share of risks that come with this company, and that should be expected if it's one that you consider. But whatever the case is, due to the weakness in the share price, due to the shares coming down and selling off harder than a lot of other companies out there, with a fundamentally strong company like Alibaba, that's something that I do invite. Today, I do feel that these are very cheaply and attractively priced shares. If you're looking for some foreign exposure, you're betting on China growth, you're betting on digital digitalization and e-commerce, overall at $229 per share, Alibaba is my pick. To me, this is an ad. And with that, this will conclude my portion of the video. If you enjoyed it, you like my pick, give this a thumbs up as that really does help. But let's now turn the video over to Mark to hear what his selection is. Thanks, Brandon. And thank you, especially for lobbing up that softball, because in this competition of new versus old, I think we're going to have a clear cut winner on this one. I'm looking forward to sharing my company. The company I'm going to be sharing with you today is CVS Health. Now, this is CVS is the ticker on this company. I'm going to start by talking a little bit about the basics of the company. I'm going to share with you an event that occurred back in 2018, which I feel is really a game changer for this company. Then we're going to look specifically at some of the reasons that I feel that CVS would be a good addition to most portfolios right now. Let's get started with some of the basics. CVS is a $94 billion company, which was founded back in 1963. Today, it operates almost 10,000 retail locations across the nation, across the US, with 1,100 minute clinic locations. And this is a big part of their strategy going forward. It also has online retail pharmacies. The company has 290,000 employees across the nation and had an annual revenue in 2020 of $265 billion. The major competition, the major peers in this space are United Health and Anthem. We're going to focus today on CVS. Now, one of the things that I like most about CVS is that it is what is called a vertically integrated company. Now, what this means simply is that one company owns a series of steps in either a supply chain or a service chain. So they benefit from people working their way through the system or through the ecosystem. We're going to be looking at that a little bit more in a few minutes, but first let's look back at 2020 to see where we're at today. One of the first things that you're going to notice about CVS is that in the year 2020, the stock price actually declined by about 8%. So it really underperformed its, uh, underperformed its peers. This was unusual in a, a year that saw some strong gains across many sectors once you know March had come and gone. Revenue growth, however, was positive at 3.5% and an earnings per share growth of around 6% was strong. I like to focus when I'm looking at companies on free cash flow and this company, CVS, had about a $16 billion cash flow from operations. Now, if we look at the guidance for 2021, we see continued guidance with strong revenue growth of about 3 to 4.5% across all segments is what they're looking at. They're expected to generate a uh, cash flow from operations of about 12 to 12 and a half billion dollars. They will maintain their dividend. And we'll talk a little bit about the dividend, how it relates to that 2018 event in just a few minutes. And really importantly, they're going to have cost savings uh, initiatives of around a billion dollars. 
Now, of course, in 2020, every company was affected by the COVID-19 pandemic and being in the healthcare space, uh, CVS uh, is no exception to that rule. Let's take a look at some of the metrics to see how they were affected and how they're, you know, what's happening right now and the role that they're playing as we're recovering from the pandemic. As you'll see by this slide, they are very, very active in the nation's response to the to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. You'll see that they've administered, and these are numbers as of February the 12th, so a month, more than a month old now, they are have administered about 15 million tests. Really importantly, I would say, is that they've attracted 8 million new customers to the CVS Health uh, inf uh, ecosystem, I would say. They've administered millions of vaccines, and that's, of course, is expected to continue. And there are more than 40,000 of their facilities that are playing a role as we recover from this pandemic. A couple of other points on this. The U.S. government is paying for their services. So there's a very, I would say, a very secure cash flow there. They don't have to worry about going out and getting new, uh, new customers. They're coming to them. I would expect this would be a medium-term benefit to the company at a minimum and possibly longer-term. And mostly from a longer-term perspective, because of all the new people that are being introduced to CVS for the first time, they will become regular repeat customers going forward. Now, a key reason that I feel CVS is well-positioned for the future is the result of a 2018 event. So a few years ago now, where they took over the, the large insurance behemoth, I would say, Aetna Insurance for a $69 billion price tag. Now, Aetna was one of the largest insurance companies, if not the largest at the time. Now, this is where I spoke earlier of that vertical integration and why I think this is so important to this company. It's now one of the biggest health insurance companies in the US and it's got drugstores, it's got clinics, it's got prescription distribution operations. CVS now controls more of the healthcare delivery spectrum, and that's really important. With their thousands of locations and they have a, a very vast product lineup, they're collecting revenue from so many different avenues. They have, of course, all the normal pharmacy, pharmacy items, but they also have groceries, they have beer, wine, spirits, and the economies of scale and that integration with the Aetna acquisition um, will really serve them well in the years to in the years to come. There is lots to like about this company, CVS. I'm going to share a few of those points with you right now. First of all, I think most importantly, they are a broadly well-diversified health services provider. They have over 100 million plan members, and as we see, that number is growing. From a dividend perspective, if you're looking for cash flow, they do pay a decent and safe dividend. It's not shoot the ball, you know, shoot the lights out, but it is currently around a 2.7% dividend. The company has a 23-year track record of not reducing the dividend. Now that's something you don't hear very often stated that way, but since the Aetna deal back in 2018, they have frozen the dividend. The priority since then has been to pay down debt. But once the debt is paid down to a, a level that the management feels more comfortable with, I believe, and the street basically believes, that the increases should, should um, resume. Now, there is a dividend payout ratio currently of about 38%, 36%, somewhere in that range. So it's a very sustainable and, again, lots of room once the company does decide to, um, to increase that. As mentioned, the debt did rise in 2018 with the Aetna transaction. It has been coming down over the past couple of years. This is a stated goal. And again, they are in a very good pattern this way. Now, another very interesting thing that's happened recently is the disbandment of Haven. Now, for those of you who don't know what Haven is or was, Haven was the joint venture between Berkshire and Berkshire Hathaway and Amazon and JP Morgan. And it was designed as a company to distribute 
uh, medication basically through the system. And it was really considered to be a, a major threat to the pharmaceutical company or the pharmacy companies in the US. Now, I don't see this as being an immediate boost to the share price or anything major, but what it does do is it, it removes a pretty significant and possible threat. If we look at the company's cash flows, again, I mentioned earlier, this is something I look at quite, uh, quite regularly. They have very impressive cash flows. The guidance also speaks to continuing a similar level in 2021, slightly lower than what they what they brought in in fiscal year 2020, but a very similar level. And as you can see by this chart, there's a, a good steady trend uh, upwards on this. Let's take a moment now and look at the valuation of the company. Looking from a price earnings ratio, the company has currently a trailing PE of 13.4. Look at the forward PE of 9.8 currently. Now this is uh, you know, an attractive forward PE for a company like this, it's under 10. The average, the five-year average for CVS has been 13.58. For that reason, I find, for that reason and in, in lieu of anything that's uh, any red flags, I do find that to be a very attractive evaluation. Now from a price target perspective, the current the company is currently trading at around $73 a share. There's a consensus of almost 87, which implies around a 20% upside to that. Now I always take these price targets with a grain of salt. Uh, they're just predictions. They are targets. Anything can happen. But with this margin of safety from the current price to what the average or the consensus price target is, I think that that leaves some room there for, for um, gains. As I wrap up my argument for why CVS is a company that you should be considering your portfolio, I'm going to let the management speak themselves. Now, at a recent conference, the Evercore ISI HealthCon X conference, so that's a quite a mouthful, December of 2020, management presented at the conference and they said this, CVS Health is much more than a pharmacy and pharmacy is much more than just delivering medications and CVS Health is well positioned and prepared to continue to advance our strategy. Now CVS, in my opinion, is a solid, reliable company. It's a very safe company to own. It pays a reasonable cash flow, a reasonable dividend into your, into your uh, portfolio. And I also think importantly that as the population ages, the company is very well positioned to benefit from, from that demographic trend as well. So those are my thoughts on why CVS might be a good company that you would consider adding to your portfolio if you don't already own it. Brandon and I are very curious to hear what your thoughts are this time around. The last time we had a stocks to buy competition, let's call it, Brandon chose uh, Facebook, the newer company. I chose Costco, the older company. And my, I must say Costco just blew it out of the park. The competition wasn't even close based on your comments. Let's do that again. Please leave your comments below. If you were going to add a port, uh, company to your portfolio now, would you add CVS or would you add Alibaba? As always, we truly appreciate you watching the video, especially if you watched it all the way through. If you liked the video or heck, even if you didn't like it, we really appreciate it if you give it a thumbs up. That really does help support the channel. Looking forward to hearing your comments, re receiving your feedback, and look forward to seeing you in our next video.